0: It was a perfect intersection of creativity, community, entrepreneurship and innovation. All the things I care about. I have to be true to my creativity and my curiosity and NFT was a perfect outlet for me for it. The fact that I'm creating new frameworks or new things, I just realized it's just another startup. Hello, I'm Jordana
1: Borenstein and welcome to That's So Meta a podcast where we will explore all things related to Web3, NFTs, cryptocurrency, and the metaverse. Well, metaverses, actually. The goal is to be a bridge between the world we currently live in and this dynamic, fast-paced, and fabulous world that's emerging and being created every single day through fun interviews with awesome guests and experts. We'll take complex ideas and simplify them in a super lighthearted way. We'll learn together, laugh together, and get far more savvy about everything related to Web3 so that we all feel confident taking a giant step into this wild new world as one. Please note, the discussion and information in this podcast is not financial advice. I repeat, it is not financial advice. It is for entertainment and education purposes only. Joining me today is String Nguyen. She's a masterful storyteller, and early adopter of social media platforms when they were just on the cusp of growth, such as Snapchat and Meerkat. She's one of the first true LinkedIn influencers, and she's the founder of Chubbyverse and Chubbycorns, two wildly successful, gorgeous, and sparkly NFT projects. Welcome String, amazing to have you. Thank you for having me. So I'd like to start with a basic and super fun question. Yes. And I know that you love fried chicken, so we're going to weave that in. So how would you explain an NFT to a five-year-old using fried chicken in your explanation?
0: You get to know if the fried chicken's real, but it's virtual. <laughs> <laughs> so eating it virtually? It's like collecting digital cards of all the fried chicken restaurants in the world oh
1: okay all right so you get to flex based on the amount that you actually have
0: imagine like oh you have a charizard which everyone knows it's a very rare pokemon card imagine having that but then someone says no that's not real no it's real and then you show them the token or the blockchain (laughs) it's like yeah see (laughs) mf (laughs) it's
1: real (laughs) So just a side question then, are you collecting your own fried chicken tokens of any degree?
0: Just in the web free space there's this like whole world that I entered into. I just realised it's like a psychology of a cult. Wow, fried chicken cult. Imagine having a fried chicken cult.
1: That sounds terrifying. Oh my God, that sounds actually terrifying. (laughs) I know you love it, so it might be different for you. But
0: Imagine that, but I know cult has a a negative connotation. My team actually is like, string, never use the word cult in association with crypto (laughs) because it's already bad. It's like this, like a football fan, right? If you go into a football team, you know that people are super passionate about football. They have the jerseys. Imagine having a signed card by one of their favorite players. And you want to know who's real, especially if you want to sell it later on. Wow. Okay. I can just see. Imagine if you just walk into the fried chicken cult and all of a sudden you come in
1: with a hot dog. <laughs> and then we'll throw fried chicken. Things would just go pear-shaped. And you know, It'd be exorcism, <laughs> there'd be an exorcism or something. <laughs> then we'll throw fried chicken bones out of it. <laughs> ah, okay well you learn something new every day and that is the greatest thing that i've learned yet from this podcast <laughs> but, so yes. you are the founder of chubby verse which is a 8888 collection of gorgeous little cartoon characters yes why did
0: you choose 8888 8, 8, well that's the second collection we have another one that came beforehand called the chubby Corns, which is dopey chubby unicorns they're really cute and like you said, if people could have to visualize it, think of it as Hello Kitty, but a fatter, cuter, derpier Hello Kitty, but unicorn style. That's like a good way of visualizing it. But we chose 8888 because it's a lucky number in Chinese. Oh,
1: I love that. Okay, cool. Because there's a lot of like 5,000 drops, 10,000 drops. So I was just wondering what was behind that. That's awesome.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of symbolism inside or memes. People call it means, but if we have to talk in academic terms, it's very much about symbolism and narratives.
1: Very cool, which is why storytelling is a major part of the NFT projects that you launch. Yes. Is that because it's meaningful to you or is that because you want there to be a narrative that is ongoing and lives beyond just the sale?
0: Yes. We already know that cartoons and storytelling brings kind of emotional attachment. Disney has proven this case study, the fact that Bob Ego is back kind of indicated that they didn't respect or maybe the old CEO or the previous CEO didn't know how to bring magical moments with Disney moments because Disney moments is all about the sentimental value, the emotional attachment to it. Think about in sales, that's where the consumer attachment comes from. Hello Kitty is just like a cute cartoon cat, but why do people love it so much? Because we all had Hello Kitty when we were young. Yes, (laughs) but we grew up with it. Have you thought about it? Like, why do you love Hello Kitty so much? Because it's
1: so cute.
0: Yes, but why? Why is it so cute?
1: It's gorgeous because it's simple, it's simplicity, and you just want to
0: hug it, and it's connected to memories from a time that was beautiful and peaceful. Yeah, nostalgic, right? But also, like, when you see Hello Kitty, you have that emotional attachment to it. So that's what I want to do with Chubbyverse. When a kid wraps a blanket around it, they feel safe. Yeah. But when Uh, they hang out with friends, they feel like they're having fun. So we want to continue on with the idea of joy and sparkles and rainbow farts,
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm... which is which is so funny because there's some NFT projects with very serious visions and very serious roadmaps, and your vision, and I quote, is let's giggle, let's fart, let's be cute. So what's behind that super serious roadmap ahead? Well, we don't even have a roadmap, which is funny. <laughs> 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 yeah.
0: We're kind of breaking all the stereotypes of what an NFT collection is. We just noticed that people over promise things. Some collections over games. Do you know how much power, capital just required just to complete a game? Even AAA's good one, like Pokemon Go, apparently spent like $50 million to develop a game. I didn't have that capital. Wow. Even though we generated millions of dollars, doesn't mean we're guaranteed to do that. So the only thing that we can do is become a brand. So that way we could pivot and navigate the space, especially during the bear market, which is happening right now. How do you survive? You can't promise too much.
1: You are really breaking all of the this is what you should do elements. Because the roadmap and then people not fulfilling that leads to a lot of NFT failure projects and rug pulls. Yeah. But you're just like, we're not we're not gonna promise anything. We're just gonna do what we do. And if you like
0: it, you like it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that. That is so cool. I feel like it's just that we know what it is, but people try to glorify it because it's like, we need this much money mm. to make this happen. And is that an ethos that you can challenge? Are you spreading that message
1: of we're just doing what we're doing and we're not doing what everyone else is doing?
0: A lot of founders come to us. is like, why do you do that? Or how come you don't have a roadmap? We still deliver. We delivered a e-commerce shop. We're doing products, launches, cartoons. We still maintain it. We're still experimenting because the market at was 12 months ago, was very bullish, but now we're in a bearish trend. It means like we had to pivot and cater to the current market.
1: I love that so much because I hate the word roadmap just at its core. Yeah. <laughs>
0: It's a meme. That's why I laugh at it. When you brought it, I giggled because it's like, we have no roadmap. And I thought you liked that. You giggled so much. It's so good. It's so
1: good. So you've always been on the cutting edge of social media platforms, including Meerkat and Snapchat and LinkedIn. You're always just an early adopter. What lured you into NFTs? It
0: was the perfect intersection of creativity, community, entrepreneurship and innovation. All the things I care about. Oh, hello. Just dropping a couple of beautiful keywords there. Yes. Like all the keywords that, (laughs) you know, like everyone's like throwing (laughs) as a futurist or something. But That's okay. They're very good for SEO podcasting. Thank you very much. Yes, yes. But those are the key things that I care about. I was hanging out in the crypto space for a while, but I felt it wasn't ready for a creative person like me. But NFT came around and I thought, oh, this is me or this is for me. Like it's ready now. And I was able to do what I wanted to do. Pull in a team and make it happen within a short time span because the winter of crypto can be really short.
1: That's amazing. Have there been any moments where you're like, oh, my God, what did I sign up for? This is so overwhelming.
0: Yes, every day.
1: Or has it all just been a colourful rainbow journey?
0: (laughs) Well, it is. And also what was crazy is I understand what product market feels like now. And that's like when the tsunami happens and you just have to ride it or drown in it. So I chose to ride Mm. it. But I feel like it is overwhelming, but now it's kind of come down, but it's different chaos now.
1: <laughs> it's a different rainbow chaos. And so you did that, it is overwhelming every single day that you have moments like, well, what am I doing?
0: Yeah, usually when I look at other people's projects, I know a framework or could rely on a podcast about something, <laughs> but no one knows anything within the space. So it's like being an innovator or creating new paths. Mm. But with YouTube, when I started doing videos, at least I could watch YouTube videos and watch YouTubers talk about video and then apply that framework into LinkedIn for example. But we're so new or we're like I'm one of the first ones to do an NFT collection. So there's no framework or someone else is like, this is what you do. So it's me and my team just throwing pew, rainbow pew around and seeing what sticks. (laughs) And you have got glitter in there.
1: With glitter you can't go wrong. Sparkles.
0: (laughs) That's so cool.
1: So if artists or founders who are considering an NFT collection, what advice would you give them?
0: We talk about memes. Memes is really important because you have to understand the narratives. And memes is, like, as an artist, and I think a good one was Beeple, he does it really well. If we analyse how he marketed himself, because a lot of founders and artists needed to know how to market themselves because it's all about the hype cycle sometimes. Beeple does a really good job of being top of mind, using his art to be trending. So it's always like throwing everyday art, almost like a kind of social narrative of what's going on in the space.
1: Wow. Okay. So there's many, many layers.
0: Yes. Memes is that. You probably know this when you yeah. talk about a key message for a public speaking, right? People don't remember everything, but you have to leave them one key message. And the yeah. fact that you only remember two things, it's like LinkedIn and fried chicken. Okay. Fried chicken works. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> People would probably come up to you and me and it's like, why do you use fried chicken? It's like, so you could think of me.
1: Yeah, so simple, right? So I remember when I first discovered you, I was like, what's with fried chicken? (laughs) It's so out there that no one else would even dare to talk about fried chicken because that's just your domain. Yeah,
0: but like even then, 10 years on, every day I get messages about fried chicken or like, hey, string, like the vegan version of fried chicken, you should try it out.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Vegans always come out. We love the vegans. Yes. Thank you.
0: And the fact that you talked to me about fried chicken shows, this is the first time we hanged out together. But the fact that you giggle about fried chicken with me, is like, hey, she's a friend. Yeah. So it's like a secret password to hang out with me or pass. If I didn't come into this podcast knowing about fried chicken, it would have
1: just gone, would have been really serious. There would have been no glitter, no sparkles whatsoever. Yes, yes.
0: Pretty much. Fried chicken was like the first idea of symbolism. But then I realized people Mm -hmm. love memes. People even like emojis. Kind of shows like people are very much all about the narratives and like an eggplant means something else as well
1: (laughs) I don't know what you're talking about (laughs) this is a this is a kids-friendly podcast yep yeah I just said eggplant
0: (laughs) I didn't say anything
1: (laughs) (laughs) so okay so you said that unlike YouTube there is no one guiding what you're doing because this space as we know is literally being created every single day contrasting that to LinkedIn where you did pave the way for a lot of people, but there was at least an element of predictability. What does that feel like to be in a space where you are
0: creating history and you're making history? Wow. I haven't really thought about it because I haven't really reflected. So that's why I'd been doing podcasts as a way to reflect because that's how busy I've been lately. And I just realized that I'm an OG in the space and I haven't really thought about it. So it's kind of... Or aspiring and humbling experience because on LinkedIn, I was paving my way over there. My mum was happy that I graduated as an interior designer and my family questioned why I dropped the nine-to-five job of stability. And it was because it was boring. It's not a life I want to lead. And when I went and did videos, that was really fun. And I got sponsorship out of it, content creation out of it, grew an audience out out of it. And because I've stacked those skills, I was perfectly positioned to leverage other opportunities that come away. So I felt like my doors of opportunity kind of widened with too many choices, but I have to be true to my creativity and my curiosity. And NFT was a perfect outlet for me for it. The fact that I'm creating new frameworks or new things, I just realized it's just another startup. So just because I did that and I was prepared for it, I was able to double down on the momentum and the opportunity that came through. I love that. Speaking
1: about the transition from LinkedIn to NFTs, what did you need and what
0: do people need when they do transition from Web 2 to Web 3? People just need an open mind. They just need to realise there's a lot of in-jokes, different languages. It's almost like switching gears or going back to primary school. If you could act like a 12-year-old boy (laughs) right now in the space, you'd be fine. (laughs) It's very, Even though we're talking high IQ right now. (laughs) Oh, my God, that is... I just realized <laughs> I just realized like you know it's giving you permission to be like stupid and silly in the space so if you could handle that then you could handle any other space as well <laughs>
1: wow that is just that is so insightful and a high wisdom if you can be a 12 year old boy you will succeed in web 3 that is just gold can I just give you a round of applause we're going to put in the studio applause for that because that is epic epic And so is that because of the gaming element or is it the lack of ego? Is it the fact that they are not self-aware enough to be restrictive in their actions? Like what part of the 12-year-old boy has the freedom
0: or the playfulness to it? Because people take themselves too seriously. If we talk about macroeconomics or macro psychology of the world, COVID brought us into reality check about, you know, why do we work so hard for things that we don't care about? It's because we have responsibilities to do. But imagine if we took all that responsibility out and you do have enough money, you do have enough time, you do have no responsibility for societal expectations. Like, what life would you lead? And then pretty much like, oh, we just want to have fun all the time. But what does fun look like? It's almost like going back to our childhood because our childhood was filled with fun. But it seems like when we grow older, we have to know we're not allowed to giggle anymore. Or it's like a stigma now to giggle and have fun. But we know that when we see someone laugh, we look at them it's like, oh, I wish I was laughing with them. Yeah, I know it sounds so simple, but I think that's probably why that McDonald's did so well. Because they brought in the nostalgia. Why Disney did so well, because they have to make sure that the parents who bring the kids is also enjoying the stories as well.
1: And speaking of, of the fun and the joy of your collections, do you have a favourite NFT? Is that a, am I allowed to yeah, ask that? Yeah, it's the
0: Chubby Corns. It's like the
1: first one. No, 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 but one out of the – is there just one that you love oh, more yeah, it's than me. the rest? It's
0: like a Chubby Corn with eating fried chicken.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, that is so good. It's not like I love all my children equally. It's like 100% there is one and the one that is me. <laughs>
0: Oh my god, that's hilarious. Okay, what's your second favorite one? Beyond you. I have like a chubby whale that is dressed like a eggplant. Again we come back to eggplants. <laughs> I'm allergic to eggplants as well, by the way. If I eat it, I actually get hives from it. Oh wow, okay. So it's kind of funny because it's a hater, it, but it's a meme. <laughs> I have to bring mm. it out. Has your passion for LinkedIn changed due to all of the projects that you're now invested in? Chubbyverse took all my time in the last like 12 to 16 months. i feel like I still need to leverage it as a mechanism and as a tool, but I feel like it's still a boomer platform for me. So I have to mellow down my euphemism. (laughs) I have to act older over there. (laughs) Oh my
1: God. Whereas in Web3, you can act like a 12 year old boy. This is brilliant. This is genius. I'm going to expect a really
0: serious version of string when I go back and see you on LinkedIn. You probably see me like I tried to like see like if my troll like behavior works over there. And I realized if I do, I have to trigger boomers. Um, okay. Yeah. Wow. Say degrees are dinosaurs. It's a dinosaur move or something like that. That would probably trigger a lot of people.
1: I think it would. I think you get the traction that you're looking for.
0: If I want to, too. to, So Twitter. I had to experiment. <laughs> I just realized because I wasn't experimenting on LinkedIn because I, I know what works there. I just realized that I need to go back into my experimental mindset to enjoy that space again. Because at the moment, it's very sterile. So Mm -hmm. for me to like do something a little bit different will like pop out really quickly over there. Yeah. Now, you spent
1: a lot of time in the Web3 world. What do you know that people that are still in Web2, what do you know that they don't? And what would be amazing if they just were open enough
0: that would encourage them to take that step in? You're an early adopter as well. So you know there's something happening there. Yeah, there's a lot of. Beautiful
1: magic happening that so many people just don't know about. Yeah, so. but then
0: I just don't think they're ready for it, <laughs> mm. and that's okay. But if you're a builder, a creator, someone who wants to build the future, then this is the space for you. That's a reason why a lot of like OGs in the internet days are back onto the space because they noticed like our infrastructure. So if you are someone who really wants to build, because there is no framework or guidelines then this is a place for you to do something that will create, like you said, history. And very few people get that. Sometimes we have very short-term thinking. But if you really want to build out for the next 10 years and then you don't mind the volatility and you have high risk appetite, I feel like the space is great for those people. But still do both. Because I continue to be in Web2 space because, ironically enough, a lot of web three companies still use a lot of Web2 infrastructure and tools just to build up what they need to do because we don't have the equivalent of it in Web3. And I don't think yeah. it will be like that as well. I think it will be a hybrid of things for the next 10 years. And what are
1: you most excited about in the Web3 world? What are you like, oh, I can't wait for this to happen? Mm,
0: I'm looking forward to see how Web3 decentralised music because I feel like, you know, oh, yeah. Spotify got a monopoly of it. I was watching a story and reading it and I realised, oh, you know, what they wanted to become turned out totally different from what they became so i'm just hoping that musicians will go into the space and become more independent and use that tools as a way to own their royalties and ip and that's what i really care about for me i'm just experimenting with creativity and ip right now
1: do you ever find yourself having discussions where you're campaigning on behalf of nfts or web3 and in those moments what arguments would you throw out
0: you mean like oh if it's a debate.
1: Oh, yeah. Like, I hate a debate on we need it versus we don't need it. It's useful versus it's not. It's the future versus it's not. Do you find yourself in those situations? And then if so, what do you come out the non-believers with? Well,
0: like, at the moment, if we look at the framework, it's like FTX. Ouch. Ouch. Yeah, and it kind of removed. Because people use NFTs and crypto like a financial incentives, there's even more higher risk for it. Whereas if you had more altruistic thinking about builders, I'd probably hang out with the builders more than the traders, but the traders tell me what yeah. the space is like as well, so you can't ignore them. For me, it's like, oh, if it's all about the money for you, of course you're going to get burned. That's just the reality of it. Whoa. Funny enough, I feel like FTX is, oh, you can't, if you really believe in owning everything about your financial freedom, why did you put all your money inside FTX? It's like putting yeah. it into a bank. Why did you put it into yeah. a bank? If you really believed in blockchain or learning about your financial freedom or having control or be your own king, you should have put it into your own cold wallet or your own yeah space. Be your own bank. Be your own keys.
1: Yeah, it contrasts the very philosophy of owning it yourself and managing it. I just
0: feel like a lot of people don't realise, I think that's too much responsibility for someone, but you need to, if you want to understand the philosophy of it, you can still be on the bank, but then you should be your own king as well or queen.
1: Please note, that was not financial advice. Okay, so you said if you're coming into the space to make money, you will get burnt. Is that just because of the nature of trading or is that just because people jump into crypto thinking, I can do it really quickly because I've seen these amazing case studies but I have no understanding of trading?
0: I just laugh because it's, oh, that's a funny one and I feel like it's going to be a quick tweet. But it happens if you have a high risk appetite and I'm just using my case study about it and I did get burnt about it. I've seen a lot of people get burnt about it as well because they're using, like, incentive was to make money from it. That's the same case in trading as well. I feel like the volatility is more high risk inside the space. And yeah. I'm not a finance person to say anything like that. I'm just telling you my personal experience.
1: Yeah, don't worry. I have a alert that says, note, please note, this is not financial advice. So we'll both be covered. Yes, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> please note, that was not financial advice. So now I have two uh, special segments every episode. Myth busting. What is one of the biggest myths surrounding NFTs and how can you totally bust it right now as not being true?
0: I need to know how to code to be in blockchain. Not true. That's an easy out, but also I feel like people think they need to understand blockchain or need to know how to code probably five years ago you do, but now there's a lot of tools out there for you to just jump into the space and understand it. We need also to improve the user experience of it as well. So that's why I want more non-coders to jump over the space and market it and do things and to contribute to the ecosystem. Love it. Okay. Amazing.
1: Stay safe from scams. So what is the best piece of advice that you can share to help people stay safe in the world of NFTs or crypto? As you got burnt, as you said, you can
0: choose which space. I think it's a wider thing. Just be high alert. It's like the Nigerian prince. Everyone knows the Nigerian prince analogy. He messages you and it's like, I need help or I'm Nigerian prince. The grandma will say yes to that. That's their target. In the crypto space, you have to probably be even more suspicious of these behavioural patterns as well. Don't click on anything random. And if you do the hacks are more likely to access your wallet so just be careful just yeah. be extra cautious
1: in this space awesome thank you so much thank you for your honesty thank you for your hilarious hilarious wisdom and i love so much of what you said, including the fact that you're going to possibly trigger the baby boomers on LinkedIn. I might just come and see what you're doing there just to see the sparkles and the glitter. I don't know. <laughs> but no, Thank you so much. I love that you're creating history. And if it takes a moment like this for you to reflect on what you're doing, then I'm so happy it's happened because it's so magical and I just, I love to watch it and I can't wait to see how you continue to innovate. Thank you for inviting me, Jordana. What an interview, I love that String is just doing what she feels is right in the NFT space and doesn't just have a roadmap because everyone else does. It's super inspiring to see how bold, creative and unstoppable she is. To connect with String and learn more about her Chubbyverse collection, you can find all the links in the show notes below. If you enjoyed today's show, please leave a rating and a review. As a brand new podcast, it would mean the absolute metaverse to me, that would be wonderful. To see video content and other fun snippets from our interview, please come and say hi to me across my social media accounts, all of which are listed below in the show notes. And thank you again so much for your time. I'll see you next episode.